Welcome to the Think Rural Podcast, sponsored by the Texas Social Media Research Institute and the Rural Communication Institute at Tarleton State University. Here's today's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Think Rural Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, one of our very own graduate level fellows, and she is going to present on encouraging local growth, grow local in your own backyard. And this is a very special presentation because she also did this presentation for her master's level comprehensive examination. So without further ado, we have Ms. Shatara Taylor. Thank you. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. Okay, so. Again, my name is Shatara. I am a Master of Arts candidate in the Communication Studies program at Tarleton State University. My areas of expertise are rural communication, everything that has to do with rural communication, rural resources, social media, and community education. Okay, so we're gonna start with talking about why backyard gardening is important. First, Backyard gardening saves money. Imagine if you could grow your own fruits and vegetables, your produce right in your backyard. You would save potentially hundreds or thousands of dollars just from not having to buy these things at the grocery store. Fruits and vegetables aren't always the cheapest items in the store. You know, they're not cheaper than candy and packaged snacks and things that have a lot of preservatives in them. So they can be kind of pricey, especially if they are organic fruits and vegetables. It can also help you increase your fruit and vegetable intake. So of the fact that it's readily available without you having to get in the car and drive to the store can be one of the main reasons why you would actually enjoy eating your fruits and vegetables more. You didn't have to buy it, you're not wasting the money on it. And also it can increase agriculture appreciation. Everything now is kind of really quick, fast paced, especially in Texas as we learn and develop with technology and different resources. So this would help us appreciate our agriculture. And you know, the, that's a huge deep root in the state of Texas because we have a lot of land here. And lastly, it, it adds a priceless educational value, especially if you have young people in your house. So children, teens, young adults, this is an experience that they can gain that they can pass down to their friends or family members or neighbors, their classmates. So yeah, let's keep going. Okay, so when it comes to backyard gardening, here are two expected outcomes. It allows you to educate residents on the benefits of backyard gardening. You can also motivate their parents and their guardians in order to improve the overall quality of health and life in rural communities. And also it helps you to engage, excite, and educate children on how fun making healthy living can be. You can make it a fun experience by including them in the growing process in your backyard. Okay, so just for a little research, I'm gonna include the social presence theory to give some background on why this is also important. This theory proves that it gives you an opportunity um, like researchers or re residents, the opportunity to share their own opinions and beliefs about their society, or in this case, their rural community, their rural neighborhood. And ways to increase social presence would be in-person community events, Instagram Live, Facebook Live, 
posting pictures, informative videos, and engaging in the comment section. Those are ways to virtually increase the social presence in your area. Okay, so here's some research that I did on food deserts and poverty rates in rural areas. Um, so from two, this is the, the on the we're gonna start with the chart on the left. So an average of 2017 to 2019. This is from the Economic Research Service, and it just shows if you look at Texas, it's orange, which means that there's a huge level of food insecurity in the United States. And if you look at the chart on the right. This shows the poverty rates among two key groups. So our senior citizens, which is ages 65 and older, and our younger children, which is uh, children under the age of five. So for non-metro areas, the poverty rate for children is 25%. The poverty rate for adults or seniors is 10%. So this is another reason why backyard gardening is so important. That way they can help gain valuable nutrition for these key areas as we um, aim to improve you know and decrease our poverty and homeless rates especially in the state of texas so this talks about healthy food access in urban and rural areas i looked this up from rural health information hub which has a lot of different resources for rural residents so we're going to start with the diagram on the left. And if you can look, this they are both of the state of Texas and they show the difference between non-metropolitan areas and metropolitan areas from 2015 to now in the state of Texas. So as you can see, um, it tracks the access to healthy food across the state. So as you can see, most of the numbers are between 0% and 40%, which means a lot of Texans don't have access to healthy foods. As you look at the chart on the right, um, the non-metropolitan areas have a greater percentage, but it's still very sketchy with areas that have little to no data and access to healthy food. So this is a campaign marketing strategy to increase backyard gardening. So the number one role would be to inform and educate the community on the benefits of backyard gardening. The campaign duration for this would be about four months, so May to August, or any four month period that you choose. You can start in March and you can go to July if you want, the summer months, that way the kids are out of school. You can also include a budget. So for this case, you have a $1,500 budget, which breaking down is about $375 a month. You would use these for resources for the residents to start their garden, marketing materials, campaign materials. Um, our target populations are one, low-income housing residents, two, residents 55 years older, three, parents with children under the age of five, including parents that also have additional siblings, and four, any resident that is interested in community gardens. So they don't even have to necessarily be in these age groups if they have been interested in having a healthier lifestyle and growing fruits and vegetables and produce at home, this can be campaigned towards them as well. The goal of this campaign would be to engage no less than 10% of the population 
in efforts to initiate backyard gardening. So if you're talking about a specific subdivision or a specific neighborhood or so many homes or complexes on a street, 10% of that population alone. Okay, so here's a sample of ways that you could include a marketing strategy via social media and in-person events. So for example, the first week you could have um, a backyard gardening marketing campaign. So this you would start off by doing the small, I guess you could say administrative things, um, creating an Instagram page, um, creating a hashtag, creating a Facebook page. You would create free flyers for promotional purposes using templates on Canva that are absolutely free. You could establish a campaign goals, your monthly goals, as well as choose challenges that you would um, challenge your members to participate in every month. Each month you could have a challenge and the winner would receive a gardening t-shirt. You know, you could constantly have the weekly goals and weekly to-dos for each campaign. So this is another sample of the campaign that you would use for the month of June. So you would have, you know, community garden drive-through for the residents and the um, members of the community to pick up simple gardening supplies. You'd be surprised how far a gardening kit from the dollar store could stretch for a family. You could buy an entire kit for anywhere from three to $7. Again, these items are extremely, extremely inexpensive. Um, you could have enough to, to go to Dollar Tree or any Dollar General or any local dollar store. You could buy potting soil. You can even make your own gardening pots at home just using plastic water bottles, cutting them in half. You can also include your children in these activities as well. So this is another sample of how you could um, approach your communication efforts in the month of July. You could hold Facebook lives and ask um, a, spe a specific person that ex uh, has experience in gardening and agriculture to ask and answer questions on Facebook live, Instagram live. And you can, you know, also do this as an in-person event. You could meet at maybe your local recreation center and the expert could come answer questions that community members have about research, about gardening, the benefits of it, the potential pros and cons of it, and ways to get excited. You can also have events for kids, especially during the summer, they're out of school, they may need something to do. You can provide small things like coloring books and colors for kids. You can take them outside and just have an event like, you know, what do you see? What kind of plants do you see? What kind of trees do you see? What kind of soil do you see? So this would be one of the last months for the campaign. And you could have simple events such as, you know, making promotional items with monthly gardening tips. You could also have challenges for the children where they would draw and share their own pictures and share them to Facebook for a prize. You could uh, have a Facebook event that's called Keep Growing, which would increase the maintenance of your garden for the fall because believe it or not, you can continue your garden to the fall. There are fruits and vegetables such as broccoli that do extremely well, broccoli and corn. At this point, the weather is changing and it's not as hot outside. So your fruits and vegetables that would, may, that would maybe burn up in your summer months, they thrive in the fall months. So 
in order to evaluate a plan like this and to see if it was successful or not, these are a couple of ways you can determine and measure the success of your campaign. So first, in-person events. So how many people attended? How many signatures did we get? How many items did we give away and donate? Two, you could use your Facebook likes, comments, views, and shares. Your Instagram likes, comments, views, and shares. How well did you allocate the resources in your budget? How well did you spend the money each month? Was it even? Did you go over budget? Um, each month, did you have any money left? And um, ultimately, of course, the ultimate success measure would be the post campaign interest that your members would have in background gardening. Once the campaign is over, does this continue to be a passion? Are they gonna continue to plant? Are they gonna maintain their garden? Are they gonna continue to share information about gardening with other peers and residents? And thank you. If you have any questions, please feel free to message us or comment on the Rural Communication Institute page as well on Instagram. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so um, we're gonna start this off by talking more about backyard gardening. So first I want to ask Dr. Edwards and Anna, um, have you all experienced backyard gardening? Do you all backyard garden? And if so, what do you love about it the most? You know what, Anna, go first, because you're the one who isn't procrastinating this year. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I like love that this is what you did your comps over, Shatara, because right now we, I, I mean, we, I have never done a backyard garden before. Um, normally, we buy ours um, from the store because growing up, we would help uh, my papa Alan um pick peas and stuff and so I was always like I am not when I'm older okay I'm not picking peas um but <laughs> since we had uh my daughter we were like okay we'll start a backyard garden and she just loves it um so this last year we started it kind of one because of Halloween and two because of COVID um I panicked a little bit because I thought COVID was going to take about Halloween and I love a good pumpkin patch um, so I went out and bought all these pumpkin seeds um, to have a pumpkin patch because I was going to get some pumpkin pictures and I was going to be carving pumpkins with my baby. Um, the pumpkins grew so well and Addie just enjoyed the time going out and watering it. But this year I was like, okay, we'll expand a little bit and grow other vegetables. So this year so far we've planted tomatoes, cilantro, onions, uh, squash, cucumber, uh, corn, uh, and then some, a couple of different varieties of melons. Um, wow. but yeah. And then later on, we'll, we'll plant some pumpkins for Halloween again. Um, but she doesn't quite understand the timing of things yet. Um, but it's been really fun because she is a little over two and a half. She'll be three in September. And it's been such a wonderful, um, learning opportunity. It's been my favorite part. Uh, this weekend is when we planted the cucumbers and the squash. Um, and we don't have any uh, really more freezing opportunities, but you never know. It 
has snowed twice in Texas so far <laughs> this year. Um, but, uh, you know, we, it's been a good opportunity for her to take time um, to count out how many seeds go in each hall. And we'll talk about what color the vegetables are going to be when um, they finish growing um, and practice saying the different types. And it's been a good chance for her to learn responsibility too. She loves going out and watering and uh, going out and picking weeds. And we even took a trip to the bait shop to pick up some uh, night crawlers or earthworms. Uh, to put out in the garden uh, for them so that later on this summer we can go grab some earthworms and go fishing. No, Anna, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just had to laugh because I'm like, you have done the whole shebang when it right. comes to um, the gardening this year. So right. that is know, amazing. I'm over the top. My husband is like, it's tough living with me. <laughs> <laughs> He's over it. Hey, when that, the, when those veggie plants start producing, he's going to, to be all over, you know, the garden. They'll probably all die. I'm all feel bad. I'll have to like go buy them from the grocery store and like take them <laughs> off or something. Otherwise Addie will cry, but I'm trying. I'm trying. That's the other part. It's so tricky because you either water too. It's like a fine balance. You can either water too mm -hmm. much, not water. Or not much. enough. I'm mm -hmm. Googling and YouTube video and left and right, learning so much. Well, wow. Anna, you um, are gar gardening enough. I love to to see your pictures on Facebook. Um, you are gardening enough for you and also for me as well. So uh, I'm living out my gardening dreams through, through your Facebook feed <laughs> this year. <laughs> I'll bring um, you some when they finish growing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Usually we... Um, have a huge backyard garden and I'm also one of those like renegade gardeners as well so if I um so for example there was a particular residence hall here on campus and they I guess had like a pumpkin smashing contest I don't know what they had but I just know come February and March and no actually it was one April I was looking in this um flower bed on campus and they actually had pumpkins growing in the flower bed so I'm like you know what let me go ahead and get a paper towel from the bathroom and capture some of these pumpkin plants that just happened to you know implant themselves in the in the soil so I did and we had you know a little pumpkin patch that year but also I I'm a renegade gardener because I don't believe in buying seeds so anytime I cut up a bell pepper or a um, zucchini or um, tomato or, you know, whatever, I, or even spaghetti squash, I am planting those, I'm freezing them and I am planting those seeds um, in the soil usually. And most people are like, okay, you can freeze seeds and then put them in the soil. Yeah. And it works great. So oh, you're wow. basically, you know, taking the plants that you buy at H-E-B or Kroger or Aldi or what, whatever, and you're putting them back into the ground. And that's basically, you're getting like a 25 for one deal, <laughs> basically. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm a renegade gardener. And then also um, we capture rainwater. So I don't like paying for water when it comes to gardening. So we have a rainwater um, collection container. And then we also do composting. So whatever um, fruit or 
veggies are are going bad in the refrigerator, we put them in our uh, composter and you basically turn it and that's a great soil for the next year. So yeah, I'm a renegade. Oh, wow. I love but that. That needs to be like a hashtag and a t-shirt. Like rural renegade gardener. Like it could be a club. Yeah. Ooh, leather jackets. <laughs> With patches. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> But yeah, in a nutshell, um, Shatara, we we are we're gardening people. I see. You can learn so much from other people and listening to the ways they garden, why they love it, and how it you know it benefits their entire family, even the kids. So, I have one more question. So, aside from planting it, what is your favorite fruit and or vegetable? Oh wow! Um, if you have one. <laughs> Oh, I love food. Um, okay, can I put a qualify? Like, I need some clarification on this question. Okay. <laughs> like, raw or can it be fried? It can be like, fried, but I was thinking raw. <laughs> oh, okay. Because if it can be fried, I'm going to say a fried pickle. Mm. Um, oh, oh, oh. I yeah. wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. Um, but if we've got to be healthy, <laughs> mm, no, because then corn's not going to work either. I'm going to want some butter on it. Um, <laughs> oh, but, uh, it's not even you, you can do a cooked, a cooked, if it's a cooked vegetable, you can do that too. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I have a cooked one, so. Okay. Um, gonna, do you want me to go? Yeah, let's work off her. I love spaghetti squash. Um, I'm trying to like ward off all the pasta and also I'm gluten-free. So you give me a spaghetti squash. I will cut it in half. I'll put a little bit of olive oil on each side, put a little bit of seasoning in the middle and you turn it over on a um, cookie sheet and you put it in the um, oven or the convection oven for a good 20, 25, 30 minutes and turn it over for another 20 minutes and you have an amazing meal for your family. And just put some uh, pasta sauce on top of it. You're good to go. Oh, wow. I have heard, I've heard of that. And that's a popular thing now, like squash and zucchini that's shaped like noodles. That's mm -hmm. popular. That's extremely popular right now. Okay, so since it's summer's coming, I like the, um, you'll know probably what it's called, Dr. Edward, mm -hmm. but the, when you slice the cucumber and onion and it's like vinegar and dill and there's some seasoning. Oh my goodness. Like the salad? Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a mm -hmm. salad. Mm -hmm. Like a cucumber salad. salad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so a cucumber salad. But With the so pepper in it too? And it's kind of healthy ish Anna you, you know it has to have pepper right yeah pepper and salt and mm. I think there's dill in it mm-hmm it's so good oh so good yeah you know what about that I'm allergic to cucumbers <gasps> yes I'm allergic to cucumbers and just within the last month I've accepted the fact that I have to be allergic to bananas I have to be wow Saturday, I had banana pudding, and then not even 20 minutes later, I was itching all over. And that's like maybe the 
fifth time that's happened. Like, I love like peanut butter and like banana bread. So like, mm-hmm. you like toast the bread, put peanut butter, and then like slice bananas, and then no joke afterwards, I'm itchy. So I'm convinced that it's bananas, unfortunately. And I love bananas. It's a good banana stops me from eating like ice cream because it's sweet. So I'm like heartbroken. So. <laughs> or, or is it the peanut butter? I haven't had peanut butter since, but I've had banana since and I'm still itching. Mm, so. Okay. Yeah, it's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the difference is with cucumbers and pickles, like the acid's different. So that's why they don't taste the same. So I'm fine with pickles, but cucumbers, yeah, I had my first reaction to cucumbers when I was in the third grade. I wonder what it is because cucumbers like mostly water, isn't it? Huh. Yeah, so I can have pickles, but the the difference in the acidity level is what triggers it. So yeah, I cannot have cucumbers at all. That's so sad. Yeah, like I was yeah in the third grade, I had to go to the ER because yeah, I had them on a subway sandwich and I put them on my face and it was like my face was like unrecognizable. So ever since then, they're like, yeah, you're allergic, and I've just made sure I've steered clear. But the cool thing is, um, there are different varieties of fruits and vegetables that you can have, and um, the interesting thing is there's so many fruits and vegetables that we do not have in the United States that are present elsewhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you could try something somewhere else and love it and not be allergic to it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if we don't have any other comments, please feel free to share your gardening tips or have any questions about gardening with us. We, we would love to offer you any resources that we have. And make sure you listen, like it, share it, and see you all next week. And don't forget to tell Shatara congratulations. Congratulations. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode and look forward to future episodes on Spotify as well as iTunes and also our Facebook page for the Rural Communication Institute.